0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga Methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings everywhere. Today's episode is really dedicated to my teenage daughter and some very sage advice that she gave me when I asked her What would be something she would want me to share with other parents? Or actually, I didn't even quite ask for that. I just said, what would be a fun topic for me to talk about on my podcast? And today I'm recording this as Mother's Day. And we've had a wonderful day together. We did a lot of different things. And one of the things we did was we looked at some old videos when my kids were littler. And I was commenting in these videos that A, my kids were so, uh, so well documented their childhood. My husband is super, super creative and he took all this, all this footage and then he put music to it and put the dates on things in a way that was, is just extraordinary. And I can't emphasize enough how important this is. If you want to have memories of things, um, to document it and then, and just, just do it, you know. Be that. Have somebody in your family that's really good at that. And my husband was so great at it, so he documented has, has documented their childhood so 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 well. And we were looking at it, and they were dancing and singing, and we did all kinds of outdoor stuff, moving. They were uh, we did we just did a lot of really interesting things, and I'll, I should actually do a podcast on that. Sometimes how I raise my children from a physical therapy perspective. I did a lot of neurodevelopmental technique type stuff with them. We had a a monkey. We had monkey bars in our bedroom. Um, <laughs> the kids would come and do brachiation. All of that came from from a, a class that I did as a physical therapist when I was pregnant with my firstborn. But that will I'll save that for another podcast because it's really interesting. Some of the work that I did with them. But anyway, so I was saying to my daughter, what is something I should talk about on the podcast? And she said, You should tell everyone to limit giving their kids electronic devices until as late as possible. And I just looked at her and I was like, Wow, this is this is the podcast. Here's the advice from an almost 17-year-old. And so I will put a big disclaimer on here. This is not a judgment. We are all as parents doing the best we can, and this isn't to say never let them watch anything. But I I do think that um, her point is really valid, and that that we should watch what we're what we're cultivating in our everyday lives when we're parents and when we're. Even now as adults, I, I see the, the things that I, I need to really be mindful of and, and a lot of, with electronics and how I could sit there and always use the excuse of so much of my work is online, requires emails, requires social media, requires me to be on my studio website, on and on and on. And you could always find an excuse to, to be on a screen. And actually, that's what she said, limit the amount of screen, like put off as long as to- possible um, when you first introduce the screens to kids. And I think she said that for a variety of reasons. One is I, I was lucky that um when we were raising our kids that we didn't have some of those devices. I say that was lucky because, you know. If you didn't have the choice to begin with, then it makes it easier. So I was lucky in that my choices were limited. I didn't have to be like, oh my God, should I or shouldn't I? We just, I mean, we had, this isn't like the old times, but I'm just saying, you know, think back for 15 years ago, um, there was not the abundance of electronic devices that there are now, there weren't the screens. So you could, You the big thing there was, are you letting your kids watch TV? You know, are you letting them watch DVDs all day and things like that. And then certainly there was cable and all that. And there was computers, but there wasn't just the plethora of, of devices like there are now with the iPads and the phones and the iPods. And I'm sure there's more out there that I'm unaware of. But I think the point is more that we we have to model what we want for our future. We want for our future generations, for our future selves as well. And when we think about movement, when we think about the importance of the physicalness of movement, you can't really have that movement, the level that we, we really need to and the charges that we need to move more. We can't have that if we are giving these addictive devices to um, young kids. That's a, that's a really hard expectation to have um, for them to meet. It, uh, the expectation for them to move more or to be more creative with their bodies or to be more um, explorative with their bodies and their um, art, you know, artistic parts of their brain and all of that, when we can easily give them something to do and to occupy them. And again, this is not a judgment. I just think it's something all of us, me included, we all need to be more aware of. That it is, um, we're, we're going down this path that really is, especially introduced at a young age, going to make it a lot harder to make normal interactions more accessible, meaning morning face-to-face interactions. I think kids probably, ha- I would imagine they have, there are some challenges that they have in terms of interacting that they didn't used to have before all these uh, screens were around. Of course, they're they're also able to say things that they wouldn't say because they can say it through the celluloid screen as opposed to saying to someone's face some of the things, and that's where bullying has really uh, become a bigger issue. Is that there are things that kids will will write or say on a screen that they would never say face to face with somebody because when you say something, you see the response, and. And that's where empathy um, is developed, is seeing the way that somebody uh, is responding, the emotions that are conveyed. And, and we learn in our, in our humanness what is, what is morally and ethically and socially right and kind and versus what is not because you see the response, you say something cruel, and you will see the reaction. When you write it um, on, on a screen and it's put out there, that you don't see the response. And so it becomes easier to be cruel and unkind because you don't develop maybe the same empathetic response that you would have otherwise. That's kind of going off on all kinds of tangents. I think the point for me is that Not to be judgmental here at all, but to say, let's all look deeply in our own lives. Whether we're parents or not, what are some ways that we are hiding behind a screen where we're not engaging in life, where we are not moving? I mean, if you really count up the number of hours that you uh, might be spending on the screen time, and you converted that into number of hours that you could be moving, I bet it could be pretty shocking. And there are ways, of course, of doing this now. You can, you know, I mean, Apple's figured this out. I always, I'm thinking that Apple has a lot of guilt. <laughs> I don't know, I say Apple as like this, you know, being, but the entity of Apple, there's a lot of guilt of of developing this very addictive uh you know, the the very addictive machine of the screens. And so being a little bit guilty, trying to remedy it by making you more accountable. You know, now you have the screen time that it's keeping track of it and it's telling you how many hours a day you're spending on certain things. Whether or not we pay attention to that is up to us, but the information is there. So my daughter, I think, brought this up and it was like her first gut, it wasn't like she paused and thought about anything. It was her first gut response and um to just give you a, a little inf- background with her like a year ago she went to this amazing school in the bahamas called the island school and she went there for 3 months it's part of uh, an, it's up an opportunity you have to be accepted to go there it's it's a pretty amazing experience you go there for 3 months and you study environmental everything everything you can imagine it's it's an enti- it's a school that's built on all environmental principles they have wind solar high hy- hydropower they have hydroponic gardens they um, study they they do research in conjunction with real live um, paid researchers you know people that are doing grants or actually doing um, scientific research on environmental repercussions um, reef life all this kind of things like she studied crabs and and, and this particular type of crabs could they um, eat algae that is growing in a very uh, overly abundant way. That's because there's the corals, uh, the coral reef is dying in this area. And th- then the algae comes in and it makes um, the oxygen levels lower. And so the crabs could possibly eat enough of the algae to help the acidity of the water. It was pretty complex, but that was what she was studying. Anyway, for three months, she did this and she. Learned how to free dive. She learned how to scuba dive. She went out on a um, free solo, which means she was by herself for 48 hours. She went on one week um, kayak expedition. It was amazing, and all of this was without technology. I mean, they had basic inter- internet and just f- things for WordPress um, for documentation for, for their s- statistics that they were gathering and anything they had to type up there's no phone, there's no social media. And of course, kids love this. They love it because they get away from um, what has become a new norm for them. And everyone at the school is doing the same thing. So it's one thing if your kid says, I really don't like social media, I don't want to be on it. But then every one of their friends picks up their phone and is doing it. And what this really um, showed Olivia, my daughter, is when she came home, she really didn't want to go back on her phone, which was incredible because she had been really into doing some stuff on social media before that, like the Snapchat Snapchat streaks and all that kind of stuff. And afterwards she was like, I don't know why I spent time doing that. But that was what that was what was normal for her and her friends. And so she realized like that's a lot of time spent doing things that aren't isn't really productive. Even now, over a year later, we were um we went grocery shopping last weekend and she She looked at me and she said, why is everybody on their phone in the grocery store walking around? That woman just bumped in the cart. She said, it's so weird. Like, can't they just look up and look at people? And I said, well, maybe they're looking at their shopping list or something. But I thought, wow, I'm so happy she's noticing that. So I think this, um, again, is a big calling for modeling what we want younger generations to do. We have to model it ourselves. And part of that as parents, when we're bringing kids in the world, is having we only have them under our kind of under our not you know, like under our um, guardianship supervision for a very short amount of time. And so we we can control stuff. And that's the thing. We are we are the boss for a while. And so we really should be mindful of what we can control. And I think in, um, inspiring our kids to move more, and look down at a phone less. I think that is the calling. And this came from an almost 17-year-old when I asked her what would be something that would be great to talk about on a podcast. So I think that says a lot. I'm gonna leave it there because I think that's powerful. But the message here is look up and look around. That's what they learned at the island school. Look up and look around. Let's do that more. Let's figure out other ways of getting our kids occupied instead of putting a screen in front of them all the time, because I think that um, we lose some of our creativity when we're just doing stuff on a screen and we lose our interaction with others. And it isn't at all to say these things are evil. It's just to say, let's like every every year, every moment, every generation, every day, whatever it is, we, we should always be looking and thinking, how, what more do we need to do? And I think now what we need to do is look up and look around at what's around us. Because then we can actually see the things that need to shift and change, and the things that we need to appreciate that are right there in front of us. So I hope this was a, a an inspiring message from my wonderful, wonderful daughter, and i'm gonna I'm gonna work on it too. So as always, I'm pulling for you. Let's work on this all together. Big movement here to um, spread empowerment through our bodies, through our spirits, and through our engagement with each other our connectivity hugs to you all imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time